welcome to MindShift, where we explore how mindsets can help you live a life of passion and purpose. On this show, we'll explore how our thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs shape our outlook on life and influence our decisions. We'll talk to experts from various fields and hear from individuals who have transformed their lives by adopting new mindsets. Whether you're feeling stuck, searching for life's purpose, or simply curious about the power of the mind and how it's changing the future, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to MindShift with Cody and Richard. Today is another episode of Fantastic Future Fridays, and we're talking about mindset, mindfulness, and building those neural networks. Now, it's really what this podcast is all about, is mindset. Mindset is your greatest asset or your greatest adversary. You can let it propel you towards your dreams, or it can completely hold you back, and it's completely up to you. It's kind of like that old quote by Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And it's so incredibly true. I mean, if you think about Tony Robbins, one of my superheroes, he talks about envisioning your future or the work of uh, Jack Canfield. You know, I'm actually going through the success principles right now and vision boards and imagining yourself as if you were already that person that you want to become is paramount to your success, paramount to achieving your craziest dreams. And on this podcast, I talk about achieving big, hard goals, those dreams that seem almost impossible because it really stretches your mind. It really stretches what the possibilities are within yourself. And that's what this is all about. And mindfulness can help build those neural networks. It's because when you're meditating, you're actually envisioning your future. They take you through the um, practices, the visualization practices, and the visualization practices are literally to set up your day. They say, think about having an incredible day. Think about yourself three years in the future. All of this stuff is building neural networks in your brain. So that way your brain has a big goal to latch on and literally bring in that future that you most want. Neural networks are the neural combinations in your head. Every single day, when you put anything in front of your eyes, your brain changes, you put information in there and your brain is never the same day to day. Now, there's this old saying, or I don't know how old it is, but there's a saying that goes, neurons that fire together, wire together. Now, what this means is the surroundings you surround yourself with, literally the environment you surround yourself with, everything that you put inside your brain, all the thoughts, everything that goes on is building this neural network. So that's why I talk about surrounding yourself with what you most want. It's because your brain is getting that information and it is literally sorting it into this neural network. And this neural network is going to propel you towards your dreams. You know, part of my dreams is I want to run a multi-million dollar business. That's why I have a million dollar bill hanging on my wall that I see every single morning. It's because it is my goal of where I'm headed. And, you know, you see this NASA hat that I'm wearing. Previously, if you follow me, you've seen me do a, a little short video about why my shoes are space shoes. It's because I'm going to space. And I am reminding myself with all of my surroundings, I'm building that neural network to achieve that huge goal that actually seems kind of scary, really, really hard. But that's what I want to challenge myself with is surrounding myself 
with everything to create the mindset, to create the mural, the neural network, to achieve these huge dreams. And I know even with Richard here, I have been asking him to do Wim Hof breathing in the morning, which is all part of mindfulness breath work is, you know, I'm asking him to do gratitude journal. He is part of my book club. And the reason why is because it will completely excel everything that we're doing. And it is so paramount in order to achieve the future that you most want to surround yourself with this type of information to really build this up. Richard, what, uh, what has been your experience with this? I know we've done Wim Hof breathing for a few days in a row now. We, uh, we just started that. We're on a month challenge. Hopefully, we'll extend that to 90 days or something. But what has been your experience with this, with mindfulness, with these books we're reading, and the, the information that you're starting to surround yourself with? My experience, also, honestly, has been creating the life I want is not easy. And it is surrounding yourself with the things that I value. Wim Hof breathing, the book club, all these things I used to do on my own and I don't do them anymore. And surrounding myself and putting myself into this podcast, including myself within the book club, all these things are putting me in a place to where I have um, accountability. I'm, I'm not just letting down myself because letting down myself hasn't done anything for me for years. You know, I've worked hard. I've saved money, keep myself out of debt, but I don't really accomplish anything towards growing. And one of the reasons why is because changing your mindset and getting these neurons and this, this shift in your brain to actually rewire is hard. And especially when we get older, as adults, it just gets harder and harder. The older you get, especially if you're not working on neuroplasticity and not working to be a, a sponge to incorporate new practices in, you know, the more you do it, the more you bring that to life and the more your brain has to work. But, you know, just like any other animal on the planet, if everything's given to you, it's going to get sed sedentary. I, I can't say that word right now, but you're gonna just kind of atrophy <laughs> and the so brain sanitary. is no different. Yeah. But the brain's no different. If you're not working out your muscles, if you're not working out your brain, it's going to atrophy and it's going to plateau and it doesn't want to continue. And it's going to take the easy way. We are, life is pain to a certain extent. And if we can avoid pain, we're going to avoid it. And it's literally what's probably killing us the most and making life harder is because we need that stress. We need that push to go. And I, I, sometimes I envy the people that can just push themselves to go and go and go and go. But I realize that not everyone's the same. And my experiences with you wanting to become a coach and teach people these things, I'm going to be able to connect with those people who just can't push themselves. They need that network because I needed that network. Without you, I wouldn't be here. And obviously I'm, I'm doing a lot of the work myself, but I do need someone I need to surround myself. And the first part for me of doing all this and changing my mindset was just when you offered me a hand and said, Hey, jump on board with me. I took it. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And, and for those of you that don't really know what neuroplasticity is, it is the way you were able to create these neural networks. It's the way our brain changes. So it's uh, very plastic. And if you think about uh, soft plastic, it molds, it shapes, it moves. As this 
as we age, as we don't work on ourselves, as we get stuck in the habits of things that honestly have been holding us back, then our brain takes this super highway of our neural network to do what we've always done. And when we do that, then we're not challenging. We're not growing. Our brain is, is kind of like a muscle. The more we challenge it, the more we use it, whether it's learning a new sport, whether it's learning a new language, whatever it is, when we challenge our brain, then it becomes more plastic. And that's why it's so hard is because we're literally forming a new network within our brain. If you think about it like a trail. So the networks that we have already developed simply because we, we have the habits from our lifetime and those habits created a super highway that our brain automatically wants to take. So when we get up in the morning and we look at our phone every single day, well, when we get up in the morning and we want to change that, our brain automatically wants to grab that phone and look at it because that's that super highway that we've built. That's why it can be a little challenging to break that habit and create a new one. That's also why they say to do different things first thing in the morning, meditate first thing in the morning, instead of grabbing the phone and scrolling through Facebook, you know, grab your phone and put on a meditation and set it aside. And once you do that, it's about 66 days for that to get cemented. They say 21 days, 21 days, I would say it's more like a animal trail. So if you're going up the side of a mountain and you have never gone up that path before, then there's no pathway there. After 21 days of doing something, then it becomes an animal trail. Now, most people won't even know that that's an animal trail. Like Unless you're a seasoned tracker, then you won't even see that trail but it starts to form. And after about 66 days, it becomes a foot trail. And that does not mean it's a super highway. It just means that it started to cement in your brain. It started to become easier. And the more you do that, the more that you practice that, the more it becomes a natural thing that you can't live without, man, I got to wake up in the morning and meditate. That is the point that it becomes a super highway. And so that's really what this is all about, changing the mindset in order to change the habits, to build that neural network, to build that super highway within our brains, within ourselves, to achieve our wildest, craziest dreams. And one of the best ways, as Richard was just alluding here to, is really your surroundings. Who is your network? And this is kind of a hard one for a lot of people to understand, simply because we look around, I think most of us see the best in our friends, see the best in the people around us. And, and that's beautiful. We should see the best in them. We should challenge them. They should challenge us. But if they're not, if they're kind of holding us back, then it gives us an excuse to not be accountable anymore. It gives us an excuse to not practice our habits. You know, the accountability part of this, which is really the, the network that Richard was just talking about. The, the whole, you know, I don't even call it a book club. I call it a mastermind growth group. And the reason why is because there's so many different perspectives from so many incredible individuals that help me. And knowing that they're going to be there every single Tuesday, reading the book holds me accountable to make sure that I'm reading the book, that I'm applying the principles, and I'm actually learning. And I have something to provide for this group now. That's what this is all about is when you're accountable to a group of people that are working on growth, then you perform better, you perform at a higher level. Now, 
the one thing that I'm challenging myself on right now is, you know, is talking to the people that are already where I want to be. And what I mean by that is, you know, my big, huge, hard goal for MindShift is to build a multi-million dollar brand. And I know that's hard and it's something I've never done before, but guess what I'm doing? I'm talking to people that have done that before, people that are worth millions to billions of dollars, and they're teaching me how to get there. Now, this is hard for me. I'll, I'll admit right now, this is really hard for me. And the reason why is because I've never done it before. And if I've never done something before, it's just like they say, you don't know what you don't know. And it's so true. And I am already seeing and being challenged to level up. And that's hard. It's uncomfortable. You know, there is a small part of me that's like, but I'm comfortable where I'm at. <laughs> but the thing is, is that's not where I want to stay. I don't want to be the same place tomorrow that I am today. I don't want to be the same place three years from now that I am today. So by being able to surround myself with the people that have already done that means I get to accelerate what I'm doing. I get to learn, I get to level up and they are asking me to level up in all these different ways. That is what's so beautiful about this is being able to learn from the people that are already there. They hold you accountable. And next thing you know, you're, you're building those networks, you're building those habits and you are on your way to get to where you want to go. And man, it is so incredible. Like I honestly, I don't know about you, Richard, I've never been more proud of myself. And that is, a, I would say new. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's so new anymore. I've been working on myself for five years now and I'm actually really proud of myself, but like it's a newer feeling for me. Like being actually proud of myself, being able to look myself in the eyes and say, man, you're a badass, Cody. I love you. Whoa. I, I could not, literally could not do that five years ago. How, how have you been feeling? I, I'm curious. Now that uh, you're working on yourself, you're surrounding yourself, we're talking to people literally every single day on this podcast that are high level achievers. What has been uh, your shift that's been happening inside you? Uh, is that I need to step up. I, I haven't gotten to that point of being proud of myself yet because I don't feel like I'm really that I'm really doing everything I could do to be the best I could be. And a lot of that has to do with my own blocks and my own inability to take action, but I'm working on it every day and I'm getting to a point where I think that I'm going to start having some major breakthroughs. I also feel like for the first time in my life, I really do have not necessarily a purpose, but a path. Everything that I've ever done has always been just like, okay, I got to do this until I can get it, get to this point. And I'm, I'm still doing that. My, my life tends to get good and then crash. And then I have to get myself out of that crash. It gets good. And then I crash and it's, it's not just get good. It, it's get good. And then I go off to try to do a new adventure, try something new. And it always fails. <laughs> like I always fail, but it's because I wasn't working on myself. I was usually the new adventure was an escape from the last problems, but I wasn't actually changing anything inside myself. Um, I was staying the same. And I used to, I used to really focus on myself years ago. And I always got I was always really good at self-motivation when I was younger, but the older I got and the less 
I guess you could say the more I saw my dreams just kind of dying and, and opportunity fading away, which is a lie. I want everyone listening to know that it doesn't matter how the fuck old you are. It just doesn't like you could be 65. Sure. Could you die tomorrow? Sure. I'm 36. I could die tomorrow. The point is, is that it's never too late to actually just start doing something different because we don't know how long we're going to be here. And most people always use that to say you could die tomorrow, but you could live for the next 20 years. Do you really want to be the same fuck up you've always been just because you thought you were going to die tomorrow? If, if the motivation isn't that you could die tomorrow, so go out there and be yourself, how about a better motivation? You could still be the same moron if you don't do anything 20 years from now at 80. <laughs> well, one thing that I, that I say is the longer I live, the younger I get, which yeah. I totally, you know, like forget 20 years, you can live for the next 200 years. As long as you have the mindset, you understand what's going on and we take advantage of it. And, and it's so incredibly powerful and, you know, you don't have to be proud of yourself right now. Cause I'm fucking proud of you. Just saying like, <laughs> like seriously. And, you know, maybe here, uh, here soon, we'll go over the back last 90 days, uh, which is also from the book who, not how, and, and let's celebrate those wins because 90 days ago, Richard, compared to who you are, I can see a huge difference and celebrating those wins continues the momentum going forward. And that's what this is all about is really understanding where we have changed, where we have succeeded. And that helps build that mindset, build those neural networks again, in order to continuously take step, step, uh, steps forward. It's, uh, it's just paramount to really understand these mindset shifts. And really, it is hard work, guys. Like it's, it's really, really hard work. And you can take any high achiever and you can look at their mindset that it took to get them there. I mean, look at Elon Musk. And I know he's a controversial ind individual. I know we've discussed him a few times and then we won't go way into it. But when he was building PayPal, not knowing if it was ever going to go anywhere, he still had the tenacity to, and the grit to keep going forward. He had the mindset saying, you know what? I believe that this is going to work, even though there's plenty of people around me saying that it's not going to work. That's not my mindset because this is what I see. And of course, we all know what, where he's at and what he did, whether we agree with it or not. It's the mindset that got him there. And it doesn't matter what example that we take. We can look at Tony Robbins, which, you know, of course he did. It's all, he's all about mindset and really understanding the path forward. And this is truly what this is all about is how do you see yourself in three years? Do you see yourself in three years? Because if we don't, then we really don't have a target to shoot for. You know, it's, uh, I forget how the quote goes by uh, Peter Diamandis, but it's essentially, if you don't have a target, then you'll miss every time which I think is so incredibly powerful. What are you working towards in your life? What is your legacy? Because that is the most important question, in my opinion, that you can ask yourself. Now, it doesn't have to be crazy. You know, your goal does not have to be going to the moon or going to space like mine is. It can literally to become the best mom, best dad, best spouse, whatever, and taking steps to get there and what that looks like and defining what that looks like. Is it that you don't want your wife to have to ever work? Okay, that's a beautiful, amazing goal. How are you going to do it? 
what does that look like for you? Because is it, is it in your job? That's fine if it is. How are you going to climb up that ladder to get to that point where she doesn't have to work anymore? If you don't have a target, if you don't understand where you're going, then we're literally a victim of life's circumstances. And I don't know about you, or maybe I do a little bit with you, Richard, but I don't know about all you guys. I became sick of playing the victim of my own story. And, and I'm the first one, like I'm, that was me guys. I was the victim of my own story. There were so many circumstances that were out of my control that I was just like, what the fuck? Like, what the hell is going on here? I can't achieve this because there's so many things in my life that were holding me back. That was my mindset. And it's just I- yourself. I was going to say with that, uh, your, your comment on where do you want to be three years from now? I can tell you right now, we did a podcast earlier today, uh, with an, a fascinating woman. And I realized the part of my brain that's negative is like, dude, you are, you are like scum on her shoe compared to what she is capable of. But the positive side of me is like, no, I want to be that. Like I want her energy, her ability. And the only way I'm going to get there is by leveling up. If I think about just being scum in her shoe, then I'm just going to stay there. Well, what's so awesome about it all too, is she's now in our network, right? She's now another person that can help pull us up to where we want to be. And that's, what's so beautiful about all of it is, you know, the reason why I'm obsessed with networking, the reason why I'm obsessed with this podcast is because I literally get to have amazing conversations with amazing people. My network is building, I mean, my neural network, not just my physical network, but my neural network is now building upon everything. The pieces are falling in place, fitting together. And next thing you know, we're there. And, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> I'm also always hungry. Like I always want to level up every single year. It's part of my, my literal strategy is let's just play around with this life. And that's, what's so beautiful about this guys is play around with life. Like if you can level up every year, if we have a strategy and there's lots of strategies out there, like, you know, one thing by again, the great Tony Robbins is successful people leave clues, people that are already there leave clues of how they got there. A lot of them have written books. And honestly, if you just listen to the podcast, read their books, then all of a sudden you'll understand how to get there. Now, am I a financial expert? No, I'm not, not at all. That's a a thing that used, uh, used to scare me. The reason why is because money was never a, it was a taboo subject in my family. And this is actually something I've been playing around with lately is, is have I been living in a world of lack? And, and yes, Absolutely. I have the reason why is because there was a few things that I was told growing up that I, my subconscious latched onto money is the root of all evil. (laughs) How many of us have heard that? I know I did, you know, or the love of money is the root of all evil, or there's the Bible verse that it's, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man come to God. How stupid is that? I'm just saying like, that is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard especially as the church is like asking for 10% of every single person's money. So that way they can make more money. Like, come on now, this is ridiculous. But all that aside, it built this neural network of, wow, I'd rather be a martyr. When I read the book abundance and and when Richard here read the book of abundance, there were parts of it where I'm just like, whoa, 
what's the adversity here? I, wow, I have a block around money. And I'm, you know, I'm reading uh, the uh, Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins because I don't understand it. There's so much I don't understand, but I know I don't want to stay where I'm at. But that's that neural network. Those are the habits that I'm changing is I don't ever want to be in a world of lack anymore. I don't want to be suffering from circumstances outside of my control. And, you know, as, as uh, Richard was saying earlier, pain is inevitable. And I absolutely agree with that. Suffering is a choice. We don't have to suffer and we can absolutely turn our story into empowerment. I now understand that money is a tool and it will absolutely magnify who you are. That's all it is. If you are a horrible person, then money will give you more to be horrible with. If you're an amazing person, if you've done the work, then you now have more to be amazing with. And, and it's really funny because these same people that would teach me money is the root of all evil. And I don't think that they meant to, but it's just part of, part of the path that I was on. We're also the ones fantasizing about winning the lottery. We're also the ones that when it was, you know, a billion dollar lottery would go out and buy a ticket in the hopes of winning. So I think that we all want to be better and do more, but it's changing our whole mindset around what's going on. So we can absolutely have and enjoy what we, what we're doing, what we have, what we're building, what we're creating, all of it. So, so Richard, what's your mindset around money? This will be a kind of an interesting topic. I think like you, you grew up similarly to me, a little different, but similarly, was this also kind of a similar subject within your family? Um, money for my family was never, we weren't taught how to use it correctly, but we were taught to save. And so there was a certain aspect that my parents worked their butts off like anything my dad could do by hand he did by hand anything he did uh he saved every single penny they budgeted to the t and like it gave us it gave us this kind of sense of lack for something more later but what i found you guys also told like oh we can't afford that It wasn't that we couldn't afford it that we were told. It was just, you don't need it. It was more of like, you don't need that. And so it was just like, cause they could afford it. They had the money, but they won't spend it on that kind of thing. And so one of the things that I really don't like about my childhood, and I try not to use the word hate anymore, but we were not given any kind of an allowance. And the reason why was cause to my parents, it was like, we pay for everything you've got to do your chores. Like that's just the rules. You're going to get punished and your privileges are just going to be taken away. If you don't do chores, you do chores, we leave you alone. You have a nice life. You don't do chores and we're going to make your life miserable. There was absolutely no, no, uh, no exchange of money. If I wanted something, I had to ask. And if there was absolutely no way to get it, I just didn't get it. I asked for a computer from the moment I was 12 years old. And I didn't want the computer to play games. I wanted a computer to write books and write my stories. They never bought me a computer. I bought my first computer at 24. Is that their fault? No. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, I was taught that there's never enough money. And the only way that you'll ever have anything is if you have that sense of lack 
and you just put every you're basically a farmer in the depression and you're burying it under the tree in the backyard and tin cans until you have enough to go buy a house there was no other investments there was no talk of any other kind of money it was just buy a house have a family and then work your butt off so you can retire but retiring to my my dad for example is still working he is always working he doesn't work for anybody he works for himself but the point is, is that I don't like my dad's idea of a vacation is leaving his house for three days and going on a quick road trip. Like, <laughs> yeah, but like, like not, he doesn't really go anywhere, life, but, uh, but just, you know, getting by. And I, I actually, you know, part of me is I, I do want to be working till the day I die. And it's not because of my parents. It's not because of my grandparents. It's not because of a negative example. For me, it's because if I'm living my passion, if I'm living my purpose, then it's not work to me. It's it's literally the the passion of my life, and that's what I love about it. And I don't I don't believe that when we retire, we actually should stop working. But I also don't think that uh, we we should be forced to work in a job we hate until we die. That, that's a horrible mindset. And honestly, that's a mindset that, that, you know, my parents were in for a long time. I don't know if they still are, but you know, my, my dad used to tell me when I was younger, yeah, I'm going to work till the day I die. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you say so, right. <laughs> but yeah. like, that's, that's the point. We, we have to do better. We have to think better. And it's not a diss on anybody. I want to, you know, make sure that everybody knows this that especially my family, especially friends, all of that, it's not ever a diss on them. It's a way for me to do better. It's a lesson mm -hmm. for me. And especially with family, you know, they, they're doing the best that they can with the tools that they've had. And whether or not it's a great example is, is debatable. It's just them doing what they were taught. And yeah. that's one thing that I, I really want to you know, it to come across to our audience is that we may be breaking generational trauma, generational curses, if you will, or, or whatever you want to call it. I, I call them generational habits, but it's simply because they didn't know what they didn't know. As I learn, as I build my neural network, as I change my mindset around everything I've been doing, then all of a sudden I'm able to change my habits to upgrade myself. And honestly, that's all it's about. I can't change Richard here. I can't change my parents. I can't change my friends. Nobody can. That's a, a hard truth. What I can do is work on myself. I can be the example. You know, the, the famous quote by Gandhi is be the change you want to see in the world. Well, that literally means work on yourself. Do the work on yourself to be able to become the greatest you that you ever could maybe not even imagine, you know, maybe it's a little bit beyond what you thought is possible. And that's good. That's absolutely incredible because we need to level up. And for me, it's learning, you know, when I'm learning, when I'm surrounded by these people, when I'm surrounded by people reading books, that's when I'm thriving. That's when I'm just so on fire that I just don't want to stop. And that's something I never plan on stopping. That's something that I'm like, well, let's, let's play around with life. Life isn't so serious guys. Like it's really not. Now I'm not saying hard shit doesn't happen. Of course it does. What I am saying though, is once we become more playful with life, once we understand that we can do hard, challenging things like Richard and I here are going to hike the Appalachian trail. Now, this is coming from a guy that has never done a multi-day hike. 
you know, I mean, I've done maybe two days. I think, think that's the most I've done maybe three, if I'm, if I'm thinking about it when I was a kid, but it's not something that, that I've done before. And that's why it scares the hell out of me. We're talking taking six months or however long it's going to take to literally go and hike the entire East coast on this, you know, not on super highways on this mountain that just traverses the whole thing. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough, but that's the point. It's going to build my neural network. It's going to absolutely help me understand different things about myself. What do I have in myself? And that is the most beautiful gift you can give yourself. What is that big, hard goal? What can we do to get there? You know, and, and right now I'm going to the gym. I'm taking the steps. I'm building my endurance. And the reason why is because I might as well prepare right now for that goal, for that dream. And what's really going to be fun is doing some different little logins. You know, maybe when we come to civilization and we can get on internet real quick, we can do a quick podcast about our, our updates. We'll do little trail videos that we can <laughs> upload to our social media, but it's going to be super fun to do that trail with you and, and challenge ourselves in this big challenging way. Yeah. I've done some crazy hikes uh, in the past. I wouldn't say that I'm capable right now, but one of the reasons I moved to Alaska is I'm always walking. I'm always going places. I'm always kayaking. When I'm down in the States, I get a job and I'm just always working. And so there's, there's definitely a mind shift for me being here. Like there is no fun thing. There's not even a movie theater where I live. So there's the only escape is what you have in your house. If you go outside is all outdoor adventure type activities. There's nothing else. And so I'm surrounding myself with that just because that's what I want. I loved feeling that walk. I love, you know, I always hate like, oh, I don't want to go on a walk. And then I go on a walk and I'm like, man, I feel great about myself. Why didn't I do this yesterday? You know, oh, I should do it tomorrow. But then I always have that same Look thought. Look at you like, being oh. proud of yourself. <laughs> yeah. I just I, I love that. And then like going back a little just on the lack and the abundance thing. Like right now I I'm in an apartment that's my own and I have no idea how I'm gonna pay for it next month. But at the same time, I'm warm, I have food, I have you know this podcast set up. Like I'm just trying to focus on the fact that I am abundant with all these different things around me. I, I've got food, I've got everything I need. I will find the money. That's not an issue anymore. And in the past, that's all I would have been focusing on is like, holy cow, holy cow, holy cow. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And I'm just like, I don't, I don't care if I don't have it. I don't have it, but I'm pretty freaking sure I'm going to have it. Cause I always do. So why focus on that lack of, instead of focus on what I do have with me right now and what's going to allow me to be more successful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely love that. And and the reason why we chose the topic today, mindset, mindfulness, and neural networks is because it's the fastest way to get to your dreams. Like they literally go hand in hand. The the mindfulness part of it, it's being present, you know. And for me, that's meditation, that's daily walks, that's going to the gym, that's ice showers or, or cold showers and ice baths. And those things will absolutely help you stay present help you stay grateful. Uh, gratitude journal, that's another mindfulness technique. And it really does empower us to do better. And that's what this is all about. How are you empowering yourself? How are you building that neural network? And what does that mean to you? I mean, really, that's, that's an important question. Because when we can understand the meaning behind what we're doing, 
then it fuels everything that we're creating. And that is a beautiful gift to yourself. Like truly such a beautiful gift is being able to understand what I'm creating, my why, and really just taking the, the steps to do it and creating the habits, you know, in the book we're reading right now, The Buddha and the Badass by Vishen Lakhiani, they talk about they, they talk about this exact subject. They talk about what you're creating and how you're going to get there. You know, there's a, a quote in there that basically says people don't buy what you're doing. They don't buy your product. They don't buy your service. They buy you. If you know why you're doing something, then people will buy your service, your product, whatever it is. And that's truly what it is. Why am I doing this? For me, I'm doing mind shift. I'm doing coaching. I'm doing massage therapy because I want to help. I really want to help people level up. And that's my goal. That's my purpose. I want to create a community of healing, growing individuals around me. And that is the most important thing in my life is Surrounding myself with those people that are growing, that are healing, that are understanding these deep parts of themselves. You know, every single one of us has trauma, every single one without question, you know, and from birth, you know, it's actually really interesting because he did a, a really fascinating study on this, which is if you're born, <laughs> you have trauma. And depending on how you were born is a different set of trauma. You know, some of us are born naturally, some of us are C-section, some of us are born with a cord wrapped around our neck. And if you are being born in the world in that most extreme circumstance, the cord wrapped around your neck, like suffocating, and you're thinking, the world is going to kill me. Well, that trauma plays the programming later on in our life. That's exactly how this works. And then Every single time in our childlike brain where something traumatic happens or a perceived traumatic event happens, then our brain wants to protect us. So if we're not healing ourselves, then that trauma is running the programming. It's determining how we show up. So all of this for me is creating a community of individuals that are understanding trauma, that are healing their trauma, that are growing and leveling up and leveling up and just going up that ladder, whether it's personal, whether it's business, and you know, honestly, I don't think you can separate the two, but it's the most important thing to me is let's surround ourselves with people that are just incredible, that are gonna challenge us, that are gonna ask us, hey, did you do that thing that you said you were gonna do? And you're just like, ah, oh, no, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> but but then you do like it gives you a reason to do it because if I'm holding myself accountable, well, I am an expert at finding excuses. I promise you I can find excuses, especially if I'm holding myself accountable. But if I'm saying, Hey, Richard, we have a podcast tomorrow at, you know, 7am your time, 11am my time, we're four hours apart. Then he gets up, I get up we're on the podcast, we're not missing people, and we're having incredible conversations. Do you think we'd be doing that if we weren't holding each other accountable? I mean, yeah. there are other people depending on me. Of course, I was holding myself accountable because I would book people in my podcast and I knew they were going to be there. So really, they were holding me accountable too. But honestly, when I wasn't interviewing people on this podcast, it was a lot harder for me to stay consistent. 
because I don't want to hold myself accountable. It's those habits that, you know, I've been trying to change and, you know, I still would, I'd be consistent for a while. And then I would kind of, you know, fade off and I'd be consistent for a while. And then I kind of fade off. And it's because that self-accountability changing those habits. So incredibly hard. It is. It absolutely is. I, uh, I didn't show up for a podcast. It was 4 a.m. my time. I didn't care. <laughs> I was like, I'm not getting up that early. But when it comes to 6, 7 a.m., even 4 a.m., if I'm not working and stuff, it's just with work and stuff, you're not going to function correctly. It's three hours of sleep. But no, when it comes to that accountability, you are who you surround yourself and with and your success is based on how successful people are around you one of the, my favorite things that you have ever said cody and i'm not sure where you heard it from or if it was just something you said but is i don't want a coach that's not being coached i don't want somebody telling me what to do and that's one of the things that i've noticed with you is that you do want to help people and you do want to bring people up but there is a um accountability there that you need to be not above people in the sense that you're better than them, but on your own mountain, your own path going up so you can help other people up their slopes and their, their, you know, that the traverse of over their, uh, problems and, and, and traumas in their lives. Speaking of trauma, I was actually, it's kind of funny. You said it. I was an emergency C-section with the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck four times. So <laughs> kind of, kind of hit it on the head when you said that one for me, <laughs> like, I was, a, I was a C-section as well, but, uh, I didn't have, uh, the cord wrapped around my neck, fortunately, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, something, you know, I, I'm probably have heard it somewhere before, but for me, it was just this realization. I, I won't get the nutritionist that is overweight, not working out and, you know, has old outdated information. I'm like, well, I mean, no offense, but like, you're not the person I want to work with. And it's the same thing with coaches, you know, same thing with mentors. If you're not being mentored, if you don't, if you don't have a coach, if you don't have that person to go to, then honestly, I don't want to work with you. And I don't think anybody should, if they don't have a mentor, if they don't have a coach, and that's part of that discovery process, you know, kind of like therapy, we should be interviewing our coaches. We should be understanding what they're all about. We should be seeing if they're a good fit because I guarantee you, I'm not a good fit for everybody and that's okay. Yeah. I, I honestly don't want to be a coach to someone that doesn't believe in me and vice versa. Right. If I, I mean, there's people that I have turned down simply because I'm like, you're not ready to be coached. And it's the same thing that my mentor did for me. And honestly, guys, it hurt. It totally hurt. But when I asked her to be my coach, she said, no, when I asked her to be my mentor, she said, no. Why? Well, it's because I was in a space where I was a victim, where I wasn't willing to change my circumstances. What she did say was, if you want to show up Friday mornings at, you know, between four and 5 a.m., which is super early in St. George, it's really hot. So you kind of have to get out there early. Otherwise, you'll fry by, you know, 8 a.m. But if you want to show up and walk, then, then we can talk. And that's what I did. I said, well, you just gave me a way to have access to you and your knowledge. So I'm going to show up. That's the one thing I knew I'm going to show up. And what happened as a result? Well, she ended up becoming my mentor because <laughs> I actually did the work to get there, but she wasn't my mentor at Proved first. We were just walking and talking. That was it. And that was enough for me 
to start changing my habits. Cause all of a sudden I had this high level performing lady in my life that has a lot more knowledge, a lot more years than I do in life. And as a result, I was learning so much. And as a result of that, I started changing my habits. And as I started changing my habits, I stopped becoming a victim. And, uh, you, you know, some of you guys have heard me do a podcast with her earlier, uh, the Cody 2.0 podcast, where she actually interviewed me. But part of that was because I was surrounding myself with a high performing person, I started changing my habits. I stopped, became a, stopped being a victim, a victim of my own life. And as a result of that, I ended up leveling up. And as a result of that, you know, we, we kind of mentor each other now, you know, the mentee becomes the mentor and vice versa. And that's what's so cool about this, you know, the, the coaching relationship, the mentor relationship, it's not just one way, guys, I promise you that coach is learning just as much from you as you are from them. And that's what's so beautiful about it. And vice versa, their coach that's coaching them is also learning from them. We're all building each other up, but I will not work with somebody that wants to stay the victim. I will not work with somebody that is okay with the pain. They just want to have a pity party. Well, that's cool. You can stay in your pity party. Come back to me when you're willing to take accountability. Because when you're willing to take accountability, you're willing to do the work. And like you already said, like I've already said, it's tough. You're building new habits. You're changing everything you've done. You're doing what you've never done before. If you want to go where you've never been, you have to do what you've never done. Yeah, it's, um, it's not fun. Um, the accountability part for me is the hardest part because on the one hand, I'm trying to be grateful and proud of myself. But on the other hand, when I do fail, it's so hard not to punish myself. Because I know that I could be stepping up. I know that I could be doing more. Um, and having you accountable, like, or having myself be accountable to you and this podcast makes me, when I fail, it makes it 10 times worse than when I was just failing myself. And it pushes me to try not to fail and to actually do it. And it's just amazing having this being on this journey with you and the people we're meeting, especially in the wellness and the coaching stuff, I was going to say uh, as a joke when you were talking that this wellness and this coaching is like a pyramid scheme that's actually good for you. But I started thinking about that and I was like, well, no, it's not really a pyramid because there's no one on top and there's really no foundation. It's more like that painting of the staircases all going into different dimensions because everyone's on a different stair going a different way, but we're all on the stairs together, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, a and, and it's hard to climb up lots of stairs, right? And so it's just like anybody who's avoiding going into the dimension of stairs of building yourself up. They're not there with us, but once they're there, there's a million other staircases and people on them and having someone help them go up their staircase and this back and forth. So once you're in there, someone's going to try to hold your hand and help you up their staircase, get you on your own staircase, whatever else. And so I was just like, I thought that was a really cool realization. It's not a pyramid because no one's on top, but it is just, thousands of stairs going different ways and we're all trying to go up together yeah absolutely i love that and and one thing i would say is is you're not failing and i know we we always feel like we can do more that's a trap that i think a lot of us uh you know fall in but you're growing and that's what i've also changed it to to my lingo as well is 
I'm not failing. I'm growing. Some days I do a little more than other days, certainly, but I'm growing, I'm working, I'm, I'm changing. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to change overnight. It doesn't mean that you're going to all of a sudden have this tons of energy and I'm going to stay focused and I'm going to write 200 pages in the next week. Eh, probably not going to happen. We're setting ourselves up for failure, but did you write a little bit this week? Did you meditate a little bit this week? Because I, th I think that it's like food. You know, I used to have a very unhealthy relationship with food and I would give myself an excuse to continue eating badly. Well, I had pizza yesterday, so I'll just have that, you know, delicious oh, yeah. sandwich and cake or whatever for, for dinner tonight. And it would kind of snowball because I'd continuously make these excuses. But as soon as I changed that mindset to, you know, I may have ate pizza yesterday, but I can do better today. And when I look back on the week, it's like, wow, I ate four out of seven days healthy. Yeah. I may have had three days that I cheated, but that means the more, the majority of this week, I was actually eating better. Let's see if mm -hmm. I can do it a little bit more this next week. And when I started changing that mindset, then all of a sudden it gave me more reason to do more. And that was what was so beautiful about it is that, and that's what I mean by celebrating our wins. You're not failing. And I can guarantee you, I can go over back the 90 days of your life and show you all your successes. And it is, it's a powerful tool. Like it's really powerful because even with this podcast, when I think about where I want to go and I compare myself to others that are further down that journey, gosh, I do feel like a failure. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Like, man, they've only been doing it for two years. They've been doing it, you know, either a little bit less or maybe a tiny bit longer, or maybe the, about the same amount of time. And they're way more successful than me, man. What the hell I could be doing more. Son of a bitch, you know, <laughs> but when I look back and look at everything I've achieved, man, I started a podcast on when I was beginning my health journey, I stuck to it. It's still around. I grew it. And guess what? Now it is becoming everything I imagined it could be. While I was doing that, I went to massage school. I got my massage license. I learned way more about anatomy than I ever wanted to know because that was probably the hardest class. But <laughs> and literally that neural network, you know, this is where it becomes tough, guys. We start doing something new and our brain has a hard time understanding it. And we come up against a wall and we're thinking, am I ever going to get this? This was me. And I know how the brain works. I've studied it a lot over the last five and a half, six years. I understand what's going on, but it's still hard. And there were times where I'm like, man, is this ever going to stick? And then all of a sudden it started sticking. All of a sudden I started understanding what the psoas was or the piriformis or, you know, all these freaking anatomy terms that I now know, <laughs> but it's absolutely fascinating to me. What happens? The more we go, the more we build this neural network, the more we change the mindset of like, I'm working on this. I'm growing. I'm starting to understand. I have no idea when it's going to stick, but I know it will then we continuously go. And that was the mindset that I had to be in in order to succeed. And when I look over the last 90 days, even with Richard here, man, there's more days that he's grateful and happy and like excited about life than he's not now. And just 90 days ago, it was a little harder for him to be on that path. And, and that's just, uh, just from observation. It's definitely not a dig or anything like that on you because all of us have been there. 
but January was pretty rough for me. So (laughs) (laughs) everything I had in my life was uh, completely blown up and gone to smithereens. So yeah, January, January sucked. (laughs) But that being said, I learned a lot and um, I was offered an olive branch in uh, doing this podcast, something that I'd always wanted to do. I always wanted to do podcasts. I always wanted to do something with social media and now I'm doing it. And when it comes to like feeling like a failure, it's more like just listening to that mindset. One of the things I learned from abundance is you, it's not just you are who you surround yourself with. It's also you are who what you focus on. And human beings, I think, are programmed to focus on the negative because of our ancestral past. If you're not focusing on the negative of being a hunter-gatherer animal, you're going to die. Because negative was the the saber-toothed tiger or the monster that was going to kill and eat you or starvation. You know, like you had to focus on the negative to thrive. But now in this world of abundance where we have more than we have ever had in the history of humankind, we're still focused on the negative and it's what keeps us back. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really changing that neural network, changing those habits and understanding this, you know, uh, one thing and and we'll probably end it here um here in just a second you know here in a couple minutes the great tony robbins again will say where focus goes energy flows and it is so true it's the same thing that richard just said which is whatever you're focusing on is what is is manifesting in your life you can understand that oh man, I'm depressed. And then you start finding more reasons why I'm depressed. And next thing you know, you're becoming more depressed. And then you're reading more news about depression and how everybody's feeling depressed. And all of a sudden it's this rabbit hole that spirals. Well, what happens when we change that? Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, just because you're focusing on different ways that you're all of a sudden not going to be depressed because that's not necessarily the case either. But if you read a book, if you read five books, on this exact issue and how other people have overcame it. If you start surrounding yourself with people that have been there, guys, I have been so incredibly depressed. I had to go into therapy because I could not get out of bed and it was tough. I've been there and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm the same as everybody else or that I suffered as bad as anybody else. That's very subjective and we have no idea, but I am saying that I would go into my room to work on my podcast or to work on my homework or to work on whatever was going on at that time. And I'd lay in my bed and I would just literally lay there. I wouldn't meditate, I wouldn't do anything for hours because I was so depressed and hurting inside. And that was hard. And what did when I When was say? this, Cody? I'm this sorry, was after my, my last big breakup. breakup. It was uh, with uh, my ex who she was uh, suffering from alcoholism and had uh, a lot of stuff going on in her life. It was the beginning of 2021, right? Uh, it would have been, yeah, to, kind of towards the middle of, of 2021. Okay. Um, it was. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. What, what did you do? I, I ended up going to betterhelp.com and, and going to therapy. 
It was, okay. so it was, uh, I also, uh, you know, joined, it was uh, brain by design with James Garrett. He's a, a friend of mine who's a neuroscientist and, you know, I'll probably invite him to come back on the show again. I think we'd have a really, really good conversation with him, but I went into one of his programs and we were reading books and uh, stuff like the upside of stress. That's where I was introduced to that book. And, uh, and I don't know if I suggested that one to you at that time or not, but uh it was no, um, I think I found that book on my own from because I, I listened to Peter Diamandis and uh, Andrew Huberman, um, a lot of Tom Bilyeu, um yeah. throughout t 2021. That was when I really got into that side of YouTube. And so and I had started kind of around the time of your breakup. That was when I went back to to work. Well, actually, no, it was early. It was spring 2021 that I really got into that because I had gone through a breakup um earlier that year and so i was trying to change myself and the yeah. upside of stress i think i saw an interview with the author of that book and that's yeah, how i found Kelly, out about Kelly it mcdougall i think is her name but yeah it's, a, like it's an incredible book and uh, and it's amazing but yeah I, I went into therapy i wanted some more tools as part of it we were also reading a um book a month and meeting up for an hour. It's actually the inspiration for my mastermind growth uh, group because I grew so much as a result of that to a point where I was uh, accelerating a life again and went into massage school and all of that. But guys, I have, I have personally dealt with depression where I couldn't get out of bed. You know, in the morning I would wake up and I would want to take a shower. I wouldn't, I would just be in bed all freaking day. And I would be pissed off at myself for not doing anything because I wanted to do stuff, but like, I, I felt like I couldn't, and there was just so much going on, but it was also very powerful for me. It was a really beautiful lesson of, okay, what I'm doing is not working. I need to change something. I need to have someone to be accountable to, to give me some extra tools and to help me get to where I want to go and to overcome this. And that's what I started doing. I started reading books. I started going to this mastermind club. I started going to therapy. And as a result of it, I was able to obtain the tools to be able to help myself dig myself out of the deep depression that I found myself in. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you won't get depressed. It doesn't mean that life circumstances don't happen. What it means that when they do, you already have things in place to be able to help yourself get out of that. And that's what this is all about. Stop focusing on all the reasons why you're depressed. For me, I had to stop focusing on all the things that I used to have that I don't have anymore. That's okay. What are the things that I do have? What is the thing that I'm building now? What do I see myself as three years from now? It's okay to acknowledge your emotions. It's okay to have hard emotions, but it's very important to focus your energy on where you want to be. And once you start shifting that focus out of, poor me, I'm a victim to what tools am I going to obtain to overcome this? You become unstoppable. You truly mm -hmm. become unstoppable. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is a choice. Love it. Well, I think that's a beautiful place to, uh, to stop. Let's just end on that note. And guys, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything, please send us an email, leave us a comment go to Apple podcast and, uh, and leave a review. We love reviews. It helps us get discovered. If you're interested in coaching, reach out to us. We would love to work with you. Uh, we do a, a free 30 minute consultation, anything like that. So please, please, please leave some comments, reach out. 
And if nothing else, find a therapist, find a coach, read a book, do something to help yourself refocus that energy whenever you're having a hard time. Awesome. Hey, we should put in the footnotes, um, the betterhelp.com and any other, uh, mental health, um, like help things for people on the footnotes for this. Sounds good. So if you guys are listening to this right now, just look in those show notes and we'll have the link for betterhelp.com and, uh, and maybe a few books, uh, suggestions in there that have helped us. Thank you so much for uh, coming on, Richard. I know this is uh, a lot of podcasts today. This is a third one today, guys. So it's been uh, <laughs> back to back to back. It's been a lot. And so thanks for hanging in there with me, man. I really appreciate you having there. And, and like I said, if you're not proud of yourself, you don't have to be because I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate it. You have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, man. You have a good night. Bye.